Welcome, ladies, to our online Bible study. This week we are going to be doing the third chapter of the Pursuit of God called Removing the Veil. Now, as I was doing my studies this week, I couldn't help but think about the song, I Surrender All, and how this is the very key to us having a personal relationship with God. The song says, All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. Now you notice how the first part of that song goes on the first verse. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. That reminds me of what we talked about last week. How we are to surrender everything to God. Our possessions, our loved ones, and everything that consumes our life. We are to make sure that the things in our lives don't replace God. And that God is Lord of our life. Now let's look at the second part of that verse. It says, I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. This is where our study starts off this week. Daily living in God's presence. Now this is sometimes a difficult concept to understand and even to explain to experience such closeness with God. To be in His very presence is a privilege and an honor that has been given to us. Ladies, let's look at how we can experience God's presence in our lives. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, The journey of a thousand miles begins with a first step. So let's begin our journey. The interior journey of our soul begins as our restless heart feels the yearning for the presence of God and we say, Lord, show me your glory as Moses did. We look at Psalms 86 verses 11 through 12. And it says, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify your name forever. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Ladies, we were bought with a price. Christ died on Calvary that we may live with him throughout all eternity. Christ paved the way so that we can experience 
His presence in our lives today. We do not have to wait until we die to experience His presence. We can have it in our lives today. Let me explain. We are all familiar with the Old Testament tabernacle, right? Well, in those days, the high priest, once a year, was allowed to go in and go behind the veil of the Holy of Holies, where God's presence was. Now, this was a great honor and privilege for him to be allowed to enter the Holy of Holies. As it is an honor and a privilege for us to be able to enter into God's presence today. It was this veil that covered the entrance of God's presence that was removed when Jesus Christ died at Calvary on the cross. The removal of this veil opened the way for every child of God to have the privilege of living in God's presence. So many Christians today don't realize that they can experience God's presence in their hearts. We stand right there at the outer court, totally content to rest in our position in Christ, to be a child of God. But contentment has taken the place of a burning zeal to know God experientially. Tozer said, God waits to show himself in ravishing fullness to the humble of soul and the pure in heart. The world is perishing for lack of knowledge of God and the church is famishing for want of his presence. Ladies, this is more than a doctrine to be held. It is a life to be in, enjoyed every moment of every day. Now sometimes it's hard to explain being in God's presence. I looked up a definition for presence. In the dictionary it said it was a state of being present. The immediate proximity of someone or something as if to say she blushed in his presence. It also said it's an invisible spiritual being felt to be nearby. The impression that something is present. Have you ever heard the term oh I sense evil in this presence or oh I feel the Holy Spirit working here today. Well, that is the presence that they're experiencing. So to help illustrate what we are talking about, let's go back to our analogy of the husband and wife relationship that we've been using throughout this lessons. No matter where you are, you feel each other's presence within you, right? There is a joy and a love just knowing you are in the same room together. There is a quiet calm within knowing you are near each other. 
you enjoy each other's companionship. When you are apart from each other, you can still sense their presence within, knowing you will be joined back together again. Waiting for that phone conversation or that email where you can communicate with them again. You may even see something and find yourself thinking about them. So it's kind of an awareness and a kind of a you're aware of their presence in the room. And so that's what kind of we're kind of talking about is, is in the presence. Now it's been about two and a half months since we lost our precious little angel. And it is in her presence and companionship that we miss. To enjoy her presence that she brought to our lives. You know, she could be laying out there underneath the tree. And she could be sleeping all day long. And we might not see her until she woke up. But the minute that we saw her, it brought joy to our life. But also just knowing that she was laying out there, knowing that she was there, brought comfort and joy to us. It's her presence in your life. And when you're gone, it's that presence that we miss. Our little angel brought a lot of joy to us. And... We miss her with all of our heart. And it's her presence that we miss. It's our loved ones. I think of my in-laws and I look at their home and see it empty. And it's their presence within there that we miss. It's their presence within our life that we miss. Just think about God at these times. When you are not in his presence, He hurts. Think about the hurt that you feel when you miss a loved one. Think about the hurt that you feel when your loved one is not in your presence. That is what God feels. God feels those hurts. He feels those pains when we are not close to him. He misses those times when we are not there. And he's just saying, come, communicate with me. Come, be with me. He wants that presence, just like we want our presence of our loved ones in our life. God wants that intimate relationship with us. He wants us to feel his presence in our lives. In order to have an intimate relationship with someone, you have to get to know them personally. I am not talking about an acquaintance where you only know the shallow side of a person. I am talking about an intimate relationship like one you would have with your husband where you tear down all the barriers in your life. There are no secrets. All the cards are laid out on the table. If you have any secrets from each other, that is a barrier between you. If you do not share a part of your life, that is a barrier between you. So when we talk about pursuing an intimate relationship with God, 
we are talking about tearing down all the barriers in our lives. Having no secrets fully surrendered to Him. He knows our hearts and so even though we think that we are hiding something, we aren't. God knows everything so there's not going to be one thing that you are going to hide from Him. So there's no point in being ashamed of something or ashamed of something in your, a certain thing in your life. He knows everything that goes on. So we might as well go to him and fully surrender it. He wants to be close to us, and he does grieve when we are not close to him. Ladies, when you are living a godly life, pursuing a deep personal relationship with God, you will feel his presence. You will experience his love wrapped around you like you have never felt before unfortunately the sad thing is is that very few are pursuing a deeper relationship with God so many are standing in the outer court that will not enter into the holy of holies what is preventing us from entering the holy of holies into God's presence What is our veil keeping us from experiencing him? And how can we get past that veil? Tozer says in his book, It is the veil of our fleshly fallen nature living on, unjudged within us, uncrucified and unrepudiated. It is the close woven veil of the self-life for which we have never truly acknowledged of which we have been secretly ashamed and which for these reasons we have never brought them to the judgment of the cross we need to bear our souls for God take those secrets and bring them to God tear down the barriers that prevent you from having an intimate relationship with God we must say ladies we must say and mean it Lord remove the veil that prevents me from entering into your presence take my self love my flesh and remove it John 3, verse 30 says, He must increase, but I must decrease. Ladies, we need to decrease and allow God to increase in our lives. He needs to be in control and not us. Remember, Tozer refers to self-love being the thread from which this inner veil is woven and it is not a pretty veil page 43 of the pursuit of God refers to self hyphenated sins to be specific when we talk about self hyphenated sins they are self pity self righteousness self confidence self admiration self love 
and self-sufficiency. They dwell too deep within us and are too much a part of our natures to come to our attention till the light of God is focused upon them. You ever notice when you have a piece of pottery and there might be a small crack in it but you can't see it with the naked eye but yet you shine a light on that pottery and the, the crack shows up. That is the same as God shining his light on our lives. It shows us all the flaws and all these cracks that are within us. You don't have to worry about those self-sins. You need to ask God to help rip those self-parts out. For instance, let's look at self-pity. When you have self-pity and you're having an own little, own little pity party going on, what is it for? Is it because something you did? Something that somebody has hurt your feelings and so now you're having a pity party over it? Or are you saying, I'm having a pity party because somebody did something against God? Self-sufficiency. Are you thinking of yourself thinking, oh, I can do this? Or are you allowing God to take control of your life? Self-confidence. Self-righteousness. Think of all the things inside you that are you doing them selfishly. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about self-hyphenated sins. Things that you do for yourself and not allowing God. For instance, that job that you have. God gave you that job. But are you depending on that job to help pay, bring in the money to pay for your bills? Or are you relying on God who gave you the job to give you the money to pay for your bills? That's the difference I'm talking about. If you're talking about self and you're doing it, or are you trusting God to do it? Do you have the courage to let go of all the hidden hyphenated selves. It is not going to be easy. It is not easy be, to be shown our flaws in our lives. And it hurts to see some of those flaws. Oh, it's easy to sit there and look at somebody else's flaws and point out the things that they do. But when we have to look at ourselves, that's when it becomes a problem. And that's when we kind of go, okay, this is getting a little more difficult than I thought it would be. But that's what we need God's power to help us with. Only through God's power can we remove self. Self grows too deep within us. But we need to have the courage to say, Okay, God, I need help here. I need you to help me get these self-hyphenated sins out of my life. It is not going to be easy to see those flaws. But the end result if we truly want a deeper relationship with God, will be a beautiful experience. Tozer also said, The cross is rough, and it is deadly, but it is effective. It does not keep its victim hanging there forever. There comes a moment when its work is finished, 
and a suffering victim dies. After that is resurrection, glory, and power. And the pain is forgotten for joy that the veil is taken away and we have entered in actual spiritual experience the presence of the living God. We have talked a lot about self-hyphenated sins in our lives. We know that God has to help us get rid of those self-hyphenated sins. So how do we combat them? What is it that we have been talking about throughout all of our lessons that we need to do as part of our pursuit? We need to be in his word daily. Communicating with God daily. That is how he is going to communicate to us. That is how we are going to find out what we need to do. And I'm not just talking about a quick little five-minute reading of Scripture or a quick little encouragement of the day here. I am talking about a deep searching, studying the Scripture and not just reading it, but asking God to reveal His Word to us in our hearts. We need to ask God, as David did, in Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Ladies, we can experience the presence of God in our lives but it takes work. We cannot idly sit by and expect God to reveal his presence in us. We need to walk through the veil into God's presence, just as the high priest walked into the Holy of Holies. Ladies, we need to make sure that we have surrendered all to God that we don't leave any roots of those things in our lives that take the place of God. What happens when you leave roots? When we leave those roots in there, they're just going to grow back. So we need to ask God to help us pluck them out, do some excavating in there, and leave room for God where he belongs. We need to ask God to help remove the self-hyphenated sins to decrease and allow him to increase. Less of self and more of God. More of God controlling our lives. Life is not about me. It's not about you. Life is about God. Just like Abraham learned the meaning of my and mine, it was a total different meaning when he had to give up his precious son Isaac. He learned that the possessions that he owned were not his. They were God's. And that's what we need to learn. We were made in God's image. And we need to take stock and ask, 
Do I glorify God in everything that I do? Am I experiencing the presence of God in my life? Or am I still waiting in the outer court? When you live in total surrender to God, there is a peace and a joy that floods your soul. Ladies, we do need to take account And if we are not suffering in some way or another, if we are not experiencing God's presence in our life, then we need to ask why. And we need to ask God to help reveal that to us. In Tozer's prayer at the end of the chapter should be our prayer. And I'll read it to you now. Lord, how excellent are thy ways and how devious and dark are the ways of man. Show us how to die, that we may rise again to newness of life. Rend the veil of our self-life from the top down as thou didst rend the veil of the temple. We would draw near in full assurance of faith We would dwell with thee in daily experience here on this earth so that we may be accustomed to the glory when we enter thy heaven to dwell with thee there. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, we need to remember that we are God's children and that he wants to experience our lives with him we need to look to him and ask him to help us to be less of us and more of him now i look forward to doing our next study with you and i will see you again next week thank you and god bless